You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Well, this morning we're going to talk about thankfulness. We've been in this series called Faithful Instructions, and I really believe that Paul is giving some instructions to people that help remap their thinking, that help remap the synapses in their mind and biologically change how they appreciate, how they review life, how they engage with life, that increases their joy, that increases their dependence on God, and helps them return and give thanks to God. I believe that giving thanks and rejoicing always, and that by praying continually, you will remap your mind. And I believe that Paul is saying in the tough circumstances he's faced, he's experiencing this firsthand, and it's changing him. It's making a whole new dynamic in his world and in his life. And as he's telling the church, here's how to be the church, he's giving some imperatives, some commands that help you and I understand what am I supposed to do when I leave here and I go out there? How am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to operate? How am I supposed to engage with God when I leave this room and I go out to the world that I go into every week? And he's saying, listen, there are some secrets that you can understand. Let me give you some faithful instructions that are God's will for your life. If you have your Bible, open with me to 1 Thessalonians. As we look at that, I want to just help you understand. How many of you in this room would say by saying amen? How many of you would agree that God is good? Amen? All right, how many of you would agree that you would say, I give thanks for the good things that God has done in my life? Say amen. Amen. How many of you would just say, I am so grateful that God sent Jesus to die for my sins? Say amen. How many of you are so grateful when God answers prayer? Say amen. All right, and how many of you are return and give thanks to God for the bad stuff that happens in life? Hmm. Changed a little bit there, didn't it? It changed a little bit, like... How do we give thanks in all circumstances because it's God's will for us in Christ Jesus? And I want to make a distinction. I want to make a distinction. Paul is not saying give thanks for everything. Because some stuff is evil. Some stuff is wrong. Some stuff is bad. We don't give thanks for evil. What he's saying is in all circumstances, give thanks. So when you are hated on when you have pressure in your life, when trauma happens to you, when you are walking and confused about where to go, when you don't know what the next step is, in all circumstances, give thanks. You're not giving thanks for all circumstances. If your health turned uh, turn for the worse, you wouldn't say, praise God, I feel so horrible. But in a turn of your health, you can say, even in that, God, I'm going to give you thanks. And I want to make that distinction. Paul in the book of Ephesians said this. He talked a lot about giving thanks. And he says this, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with, this is God's Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I just want to Give a little aside here. We always pray in Jesus' name. Because I don't believe that if you just pray and you just pray on whatever, I believe that the power is in the name of Jesus. We're instructed to pray, not just, just pray, not, hey, God, thank you, or amen, but really to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Always giving thanks in the name of Jesus. And we say amen at that point in time. But he talks about this. How many of you are grateful for music? Say amen. 
Amen, right? Like, music is great. It stirs the soul. There's nothing like a song to take you backwards in time or circumstances or events or emotions than music. Music is powerful. It's amazing. But for us, even as we sing, Christianity is a singing religion. We actually are instructed to sing praise and thanks back to God. So we praise the Father, we praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. I love that line in that song that we sang earlier that basically just said, uh, and the church of Christ was born and the Spirit lit the flame. I mean, talk about a fantastic line. The reason you and I are the church today is because the, that God Almighty, through Jesus Christ, said, I'm going away from the religion of Judaism, and I'm going to launch an alive church with my Holy Spirit in people who are walking worship services as they leave rooms like this and they go out into the world. It's a church. The church is organic. You know, I, I love photography, and I always marvel that through technology, camera manufacturers are using sensors and they're doing that to try to create the difference between light and shadow and be able to draw these things in and, and, and get the detail as good or greater than the human eye. But here's what I always marvel at. They can't compete with the human eye. You ever took a picture and you're like, well, in the, my eyes could see the shadows and they could see the sunset. But you take the picture and everything's like blacked out or the sky is washed out, right? Technology is trying just to do what God already did by creating your eyes. And when you see something beautiful, you can give thanks to God. Because people all the time are like, I'm so grateful for it. And they name this the camera manufacturer. They're the best. Well, you know who's the best? God. God made the best cameras and he gave them in your head. And be grateful, right, for it. We can give thanks even for something like that. Well, we come to a week like a week and a half from now, we'll celebrate Thanksgiving. And uh, you need to know where that came from. Abraham Lincoln actually instituted that there should be a day where we give thanks back in 1863, which when you think about it, isn't really all that long ago, okay? 1863, and then it was always, at that point in time, the last Thursday of November. But then, in 1939, Roosevelt decided, let's move it back to the third week of November to help shopping, well, the country kind of got sick of that in two years. And so in 1941, Congress stepped in and Congress said, we're going to make it a federal holiday. It's going to be the fourth Thursday of November that there is a day set aside where people can give thanks to God. That's what they said. It wasn't all about shopping. Look how far we've gone backwards. <laughs> what took them two years to turn around might take us a little bit longer, right? Because somehow we just think Thanksgiving is the kickoff to Black Friday. You don't even have to wait for Black Friday anymore. You can go online. I think there's Black Friday deals now because of online. The way our world communicates is different, amen? And we can leverage technology in the same way. However, we're talking about Thanksgiving. Write this down in your outline. To do its job, Thanksgiving must be communicated. Now, stereotypically, let me be stereotypical here. It may not fit exactly for you. But stereotypically, men and women say thanks differently. A man might say, you know, when a man does a job, maybe he has a friend come over and help him and, and helps him out. And when they get done the job, the man goes, thanks, bro. And the woman might, stereotypically, she might go inside, write a letter, a nice card, put a stamp on it, send it snail mail, hoping that three, four weeks, whenever it gets there later, like all of a sudden someone will open up and be like, oh, I was so appreciated, right? And that's stereotypical because some of you are one or the other. But 
Again, the way we give thanks is different. I mean, I would suggest that if you don't know your Enneagram type, as we've looked at the Enneagram earlier this year, if you don't know your type, I found a new test. It's free and it's super accurate. And had I known about it, we would have done it as a church. <laughs> but we can go to it now. It's called Your Enneagram Coach. Dot com. If you go there, you can do the test. If some of you are still like, I'm not sure that that's my number, even though your spouse is like, you're absolutely that number. If you're like, I'm still not sure, I need, some, I need a second opinion, it's youreneagramcoach.com. And you can take that and you can find out that you, in fact, are probably the number you tested out originally. But it's a great way to go. And maybe you weren't here during the time we did the Enneagram series, but there's all sorts of different types of people. And I think sometimes people give thanks differently. Like if you are a reformer, there is a right way and a wrong way to give thanks, right? There is only one right way. Do not do the other ways. And typically for them, it's going to be handwritten and it goes via snail mail. That's the only way to appropriately give thanks. If you're a helper and someone helps you out, you don't like that debt to debtor relationship. So if you're a helper, a two, then you're going to go ahead and say, hey, let me return the favor. And then you feel like you even the odds because it's uncomfortable to receive. You're more comfortable giving. If you're an achiever, you're like, whatever's fastest, like text, messenger, whatever, like, thanks, bro. You know, thanks a little, you know, just give him a little thumbs up and hey, he knows and I know. Thanks. It's done. I don't even have to think about it, right? Now, if you are an individualist, you don't go to the grocery store and get a card that someone else created. You create your own card and you fold it up and you make this nice paper and you might even like dry some grasses and some flowers from Eastern Africa and put them on there. And on the inside, you might even grab a quote that's incredibly deep, but no one has ever heard who quoted that quote. And you put that word on there and people get in there like mind is blown. Like, how did you even have time to do it? Because you're not about to be like the next guy or gal. If you are, uh, and what's the informer one? Why am I blinking on that one today? What's that? The investigator. Thank you. If you're an investigator, you have an incredible amount of knowledge. If you send a thank you card, you have a categorized list. Thank you for giving me that Lego set and that thing that does this and it has these options. And you'll categorically list all the information at the end. You'll say thank you because you are just all about great information. You might even give some resources. Hey, I read a book on what you gave me. Here's the link to that. You know, that's what you do because you're just smart. If you are a loyalist, as soon as you take that card and you put it in the mail or as soon as you click send, you're going to question yourself. I hope I said everything I should have. I hope that they receive it like I meant it. Like maybe I should, I, don't, I can't get it back. Like how do I rewrite that? And you begin to wonder like, did I write enough? And they're going to know, yes, you're so loyal. We love you. If you're an enthusiast, it's going to be a thank you with sometimes an I love you and lots of hugs or it's going to be lots of emoji, right? Just all thank you and there's all sorts of stuff. Just enthusiastic about it. If you're a challenger, you'll just say, they know I'm thankful. <laughs> I don't know why I need to write a card. They know that I, I, I looked at them and smiled. <laughs> if you're a peacemaker, you'll say, that was so sweet of them. I'll get around to it. <laughs> I'll get around to saying thanks. We all say things in different ways, and it may be attached to your personality or not, but we just have a great time. I mean, giving thanks, it's got to be communicated. For giving thanks 
to be effective, it must be communicated. So regardless of personality, it's got to be communicated. Let me talk with you today about five reasons for giving thanks in all circumstances. Our verse again, and these would be great ones to memorize if you haven't already. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and following says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And let me give you five reasons for giving thanks in all circumstances. Number one, giving thanks honors God's control and his goodness. It honors. That's what happens. When you and I give away thanks, when we give thanks, we are giving honor to God. God, I'm giving you, you are my source. You are my protection. You are my care. God, you are the one whom I trust. You see the future. I don't. God, I honor the fact that you're omnipotent. I honor the fact that you're all-powerful. I honor the fact that you're all-loving and that you actually care about me and what concerns me. God, I'm giving you thanks. I'm giving you honor for who you are. You're communicating that. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We give thanks to God. In fact, it repeats that time and again in that psalm. Jesus gave thanks to God oftentimes before the miracle. Jesus, when he's about to heal from death his friend Lazarus, who had died, he goes to the tomb, he looks up, he said, God, I thank you that you always hear me. So Jesus, God himself, the second member of the Godhead, is showing within Father, Son, and Spirit that there is this honor and there is this respect between God and that God, even in his essence, is like, God, I'm always available to you. I thank you that you hear me. And let me tell you, God hears you. But even before he calls Lazarus to get up and come out of the tomb, the stone had been rolled away. The verse says this in John eleven forty one. 41, so they took away the stone then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He just understands that God always hears. And then he's thanking God in advance for what's about to happen. That Lazarus, after four days, is going to rise from the dead and come hopping out and not be able to see because he's all wrapped up in his grave clothes. And he needs other people's help to take the stuff off. Like God thanks him in that moment. See, part of worship is not just uh, receiving God's love. Part of worship is loving God back. Do you know that that's what we do? So when we sing, when we give, when, what we're doing right now, when we're learning from God's word, we are loving God back. He already loves us, and we're thankful for that love, but part of that worship is that we return thanks. We love him back. And so there's a difference, because our world doesn't understand what to do a week from Thursday. We have turned away from giving thanks to God to trying to be thankful. There's a big difference. You might be full of turkey. You might be full of football. But you, you know, you might be full of online ads. But being full doesn't mean that you're worshiping God or giving him thanks. It means you're thankful for stuff, but the recipient is no longer God as God. It's not me. It's like, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. And it all becomes around us. Why? Because the lost world doesn't acknowledge God. And let me tell you that there's a big difference between just being thankful and giving thanks to whom it's due. Who's our source? Who's the one we give thanks to? You can be thankful, but 
who do you give thanks to? It's not thankful Thursday. It is Thanksgiving Thursday. Who are you giving thanks to? But to a world that doesn't acknowledge or know God, all they know to do is be thankful. And frankly, they're like, I'm mostly thankful I might save a few dollars tomorrow. They don't know what to do. And I would encourage you that part of your Thanksgiving experience with friends or family ought to be the expression of giving thanks to God. If you're a parent, you have to walk your children through that. They'll be like, well, I'm thankful for mommy. And they smile, right, because they're like little. Well, that's great you're thankful to mommy, but what are you thankful for? And let's thank God. Say, thank you, God, for giving me a great mommy. Right? There's a difference. So we can help our children understand as part of even a Thanksgiving expression, what are we, who are we giving thanks to? Because it must be communicated. We're acknowledging, God, you're good. And God, you are the one who is in control. Second reason for giving thanks in all circumstances is this. Failing to give thanks to God is a sin. See, there's not just sins which are things that you and I commit, things we do that are wrong. Those are sins of commission. We commit them. But there are sins of omission. These are things we ought to do that we don't do. So we ought to send the thank you card, but we didn't. Or we ought to give thanks. And if we don't give thanks to God, it's a sin. It says this, talking about lost people in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave what? Nor gave thanks to him. But in their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So that's what happens in our lost culture. That people don't know. So what do they do? I don't know how to give thanks to God. So I just try to say what I'm thankful for. And really, I'm kind of just thankful for a day off. And I'm thankful for people around me. And I'm thankful for good food. And I'm thankful to save some money at Black Friday. That's kind of what our culture does. And so what happens is, it says their thinking became futile. Why? Because it went away from honoring God and it just honors self. Well, honoring self has an end. We become God and we can't be God and we're not God and it's empty. So you go and you save a few dollars on things that next year you can't even remember you bought it last year's Black Friday and, and you say, I, I don't even remember what I did and did it satisfy me? Did it make me full? Did it make me complete on the inside? Did it renew my heart? Probably not. Probably not. So we have to say, who are we thankful to? We got to give thanks to God. Abraham Lincoln said this, we've been recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. It has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. Whom are we giving thanks to? That's the question. 
Paul says you want to remap your mind? You want to increase your joy? You want to depend on God? Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Jesus heals 10 lepers in scripture. These are guys who had leprosy and they cry out. And the lepers, by the way, couldn't go to church because if you were unclean physically, you were not allowed, particularly with a disease that could be communicated to other people, you were not allowed in the public assembly, which for Jewish people was at the temple and it was in the religious rituals that the Old Testament would tell them to do. And so they would come and they'd be outcasts. They'd have to live outside the city. They weren't allowed within the city. They weren't allowed in the temple courts. And so as a Jewish person with leprosy, you couldn't practice Judaism. You couldn't approach the place where it seemed God dwelled at the temple. And these lepers are outside the city and Jesus is walking past and they cry out, Jesus, heal us. Jesus interacts with them. He heals all 10 of their leprosy. And the first thing they have to do is they have to run into the city. They have to go to the temple. They have to go to the priest and show them, look, I had leprosy, but I don't have it anymore. Look at my skin. And literally, they'd have to show like, you know, it's almost like somebody clearing you that you had an infectious disease, but you don't anymore. And so the priest would be that person. They would look at them and say, you're absolutely healed. You can now come back into the temple. You can now practice as a Jewish person. You can come into the place where you can give thanks to God. So these guys go, they're all healed. They go to the priest and then only one guy runs back to thank Jesus who healed them. And Jesus asks a question. He says, where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Because part of it for us, as we get in a world where we're so independent, we're so self-sufficient, that it's easy for us to forget God in our practice. And we need to come back to God and communicate our thanks to him because failing to give thanks to God is a sin. Number three on your outline is giving thanks makes you joyful. Makes you joyful. How many of you would like to have your heart renewed? How many of you would like your heart to come back? How many of you would like joy in the midst of impossible circumstances or an impossible situation or troubled circumstances or tough times? A lot of us would. Well, that happens when you allow God to build joy in your heart, even if your circumstances don't change. And Psalm 107 verse 21 says this, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. That when we tell God the works of God, when we return thanks for what God has done, they are songs, they are, they are with joy. Thanksgiving drives out parts of our depression. Thanksgiving can turn a sour heart around. Counting your blessing, even when life is hard. Ann Voskamp has a book called A Thousand Gifts, 1,000 Gifts, and she basically encountered some really bad health stuff, and in the course of that, she has learned that the way to receive joy in your life is by giving thanks, that giving thanks is the path by which we receive and experience joy even if the circumstances don't change, that you begin, and she would encourage you to do a, jo a journal where you give thanks, and you can write down a thousand different things that you give thanks, and you'll watch your heart turn around. Why? Because the synapses in the mind, there's actual biological, physical proof that you rewire how your mind thinks. When you and I fail to give thanks, we begin to pave the road in our mind for bitterness, 
for resentment, for isolation, for parts of depression. And giving thanks can help cancel out many of those things. It actually can bring joy into your life. See, God doesn't ask that we give thanks for everything because, as I mentioned, some things are evil. You don't give thanks for the evil things in life, but we can thank him in every circumstance because he is in control, that because you are his child, because God loves you and will work good of out, even out of the darkest circumstances in your life. Those circumstances where you're like, God, where were you to like step in and rescue me? And God didn't rescue you because it was the sin of somebody else against you and you received the consequences of that. And God says, that's part of the consequence of sin. However, I can even bring good out of that. So in that, you can give thanks. You're not giving thanks for that. Not at all. But in all circumstances, we can give thanks that God still loves us, that he is ultimately in control, that he even judges sin, including the worst sins that have been committed against us. Colossians 1, verse 12, or 11 and 12 says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. How many of you would like to have the ability to get through life, to endure life, to keep going? You like need that, right? You need patience in your life. You want endurance. And Paul is praying for the people here in Colossae and he's saying, I want you to have great endurance and patience. Here's what he says next. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Why do you imagine that Paul describes believers giving thanks as joyful? Why does he use the adjective joyful before he uses it with the verb giving thanks? I think he's saying what he's been saying here to the Thessalonian people all along. That being joyful always, choosing joy. That praying to God, and part of praying to God is giving thanks. When I'm giving thanks to God, I'm praying to him. And I'm giving thanks in all circumstances. That joy and thanksgiving are connected. They're interconnected. And not just being thankful. You can try to be thankful all you want, and you just get kind of filled up with you. Like, I kind of got it good in some ways. But it is freeing and filling to the point of overflowing when you give thanks to God. Because he's in control, because you're secure in him, because he loves you. You have joy as you give thanks. Number four, giving thanks energizes prayer. Right? You're going to come before God and go like, God, I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm going to choose to give you thanks. I'm going to pour out my heart to you and I'm going to add thanksgiving in there. I'm going to give you thanks. Let the joy that comes from giving thanks well up in my heart. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 4.2, Paul said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So here's what he's saying. Before you see the answer, before God answers, pray to him. And be watchful. It builds your anticipation. God, I don't know how you're going to work this out. God, I don't know how you're going to do this. God, I don't know what the answer is. I have some things I'd like to suggest to you, but they may not be the right way. So God, I need to let you know I'm going to be praying about this. I'm going to pray through until there's a breakthrough. And God, as I'm praying about this, I'm going to begin to become watchful and build that anticipation that you're going to move, that you're going to work in this situation or on my behalf. 
We become watchful and we give thanks. What are we giving thanks for? God, thank you that you have heard me, Jesus said. We're giving thanks. God, I give you thanks that you hear me and that you're going to work this out. I don't know how it's all going to come together. But I want to give you thanks. I want to give you thanks. I love that there's that sense of anticipation. Literally, that as we pray for church online, we're saying, God, we don't know the stories. We don't know how you're going to work that out. But God, we know that you're going to do some amazing things. And you're going to do it in lives of real people that we don't yet know. And God, we want to say, listen, we want to thank you in advance that you would allow us to participate with you reaching people. Because you're already about the business of reaching people. But we get to come along and be a part of that. And you're going to do great things in us and through us. But we don't see the answer yet. But we will. And it will be phenomenal. Giving thanks to God before you see the answer demonstrates sound faith to God's care and his faithfulness in your life. How do you actually demonstrate faith? You don't just like muster it up. The way you demonstrate faith is saying, God, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't have it all together. But I'm praying that you work in this situation. I'm be watchful and be thankful along the way as you begin to work. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in this situation. And number five, giving thanks crowds out sin in my life. There's such an interesting parallel in Paul's writing in the New Testament between thanksgiving and the opposite of sin. So he says, instead of sinning, you ought to give thanks. Instead of doing these things, you ought to be giving thanks in your life. And so he basically comes along and makes this parallel between sins that we shouldn't do and thanksgiving that we should do. It's almost like we lay the sins down and we pick up thanksgiving. And he makes this, uh, makes this clear in Ephesians 5. He says this, that there should be thanksgiving instead of obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. So instead of the words coming out of our mouth being those things, we lay those down. And instead, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a Christ follower, I pick up and learn how to be thankful and give thanks to God. There should be thanksgiving. In Romans 1, he said there should be thanksgiving instead of futile thinking and darkened hearts, right? The situation of the world. They don't acknowledge God even though eternity has been written on their hearts and somewhere deep down they have an awareness that God is real and that Jesus is real and it's why when they step on a Lego in the middle of the night in a dark room with bare feet they usually say his name <laughs> why because they know there's power in the name of Jesus no one says oh Buddha in those moments you say Jesus and usually his first and last name. <laughs> but instead of that, there ought to be thanksgiving. Ephesians chapter 4 says there should be thanksgiving instead of picking up and nurturing stress and worry and more anxiety. That we're to cast our cares on him. He cares for us. Resentment cannot grow in a garden planted with thankfulness. So what are you planting in your garden? What are you planting in your heart? I want to encourage you. You want to experience the goodness of God in your life? Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Next week, we're going to look at God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not only these three areas, but a few more. How do you know the individual will of God? We'll talk about that next week. 
But it's a beautiful thing that resentment cannot grow in a garden planted with thankfulness. You're beginning to rewire the synapses in your mind. The literal biological features of your brain is getting remapped and rewired to experience joy even in bad circumstances, to depend on the goodness of God and communicate with him and to return and give thanks to him. Your experience, even through the worst stuff in life, will turn around. Instead of bitterness, resentment, self-sufficiency, all the stuff that makes us empty. Paul is saying, can there be a better way? Could there be something better? And Paul is not free of troubles. He's been beat. He's been stoned by rocks being thrown at him and they thought he was dead and they left and he actually got up out of the pile of rocks. They literally threw rocks at him until he was dead. In trying to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, he has gone through it. He's left everything. He's working day and night. He's doing all these things and he's saying, in this I've learned a secret of contentment. I've learned how to experience joy in all circumstances. Here's a beautiful thing. Sin gets crowded out when you and I get motivated to give thanks and we begin to serve God. See, we're not believing the shame or the disqualification or the time or the distance. We're believing the goodness of God and we're thankful first and foremost of all for grace. How many of you in this room are thankful that God gave his life for you at some point in time that you said thank you to God? All right, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, you can put your hands down, but there are some in the room who have never realized that Jesus paid for their sin on the cross. And I want you to know that it's like God hit the home run and he went around first base and he went around second base and he went around third base and he ran all the way right up to home plate and he's saying, listen, I did all the work. I paid for it on the cross. I will wash your sin away, but you've got to step on home plate. You've got to come home. I've done all the work. You don't have to clean yourself up or get better right where you are, right with what you're experiencing, right with all that you've done. You come and just give yourself to me and I take care of the rest. I will wash you as white as snow, but you've got to come home. And my question for you today is, have you come home? Have you taken that step toward God? If not, if you realize in your heart right now that God is drawing you, that there you're realizing it, okay, God, it's time for me to just get real with you. It's time for me to make this decision. You pray something like this right where you're seated after me. Just pray this. God will hear you. He hears you if you say it in your heart. He hears you if you say it out loud. Just pray, Jesus, today I give you me. I thank you that you would die and cancel God's wrath for my sin. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, to wash me as white as snow. God, would you give me a new heart on the inside? Would you make me your child? God, I believe that when you died on the cross, you were buried and you were raised to new life because you are God. And so today, Jesus, I give you me. And with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, will you raise your hand anywhere in the room that today was the day you said, I will make that decision. Today is that day for me. You might be in the loft, my friends would see you up there. 
God, I want to thank you. I thank you for the decisions first hour. I thank you, God, for the people that you're working on in here in their hearts. God, we want to come and say thank you first and foremost that you would give your life for us, that you were the initiator, that you did it before we were born, that you offer it to us now all these years later. You've not given up on us. You've not given up on humanity. You've not given up on your word. And your word is truth. God, help us to communicate that. We love you in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. Hey, will you give it up for what God's doing in and through? Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.